lean upon your character. You are faithful. And if it wasn't for your faithfulness, we would be done for. Because we, we are so unfaithful. So we praise you for your faithfulness and your kindness and your steadfast love. We celebrate you in every possible way, Lord, today. We thank you for your goodness and kindness. Guide us, we pray today, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Take a minute and greet those around you. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Cody. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are excited that you could be with us. A couple of things. If you're watching online, we encourage you, if you have prayer requests, to let us know. Call Carmen or Stacy in the office. And if you're a visitor, we have yellow sheets in front of you or somewhere tucked under where you're at. Fill those out. If you have a change of address or something like that, fill that out. Our offering is right as you go out. There's a little black box there couple of announcements. I'm going to whip through these so we can take some time and pray a little bit here. We have one of our men's outing is coming up. We're going to have a pistol shoot coming up, and the dates are on there, May 6th. We also have, as we have babies born in the church, we have our, our the, the ladies' ministry has the stork shower. So we're getting that where we can get all of our supplies together so when that happens, we can fill a basket, bring it to the family. We also have Operation Christmas Child Crafting coming up. And again, all these announcements and notes are in the bulletin as you walked in. There's there, and also our missionary calendar's there. Grab that. This coming Wednesday is our Awana Awards. So I would encourage you, obviously, if you have kids and stuff, be there. But you as our church family, many of you are grandparents. You are kind of like Sarah, grandparents to our children and spiritual grandparents. So we encourage you to come to that Wednesday as we celebrate some of the awards that we'll be giving out, or all the awards that we, we give out. That's this Wednesday, so I encourage you to be here. Coming up, we have the National Day of Prayer, and each May 4th is our National Day of Prayer, and we kind of rotate every church here in the area, and we're excited to have it at World Harvest, and I encourage you to come. Make sure right now, grab your phone out, get it in your calendar. We're going to be praying. We have different pastors gathered together as we pray for that, and we're excited about that also. All right, so we have a couple new members, and each week we're going to celebrate and just talk about them. Shanna, Scott, where are you guys? Okay, right there. Stand up, wave. Oscar's with you. <laughs> so there is a photo there, and I, I, great, I didn't bring the answers to those questions. I'm a, I'm a loser. Sorry, Tony. I was going to answer those. Uh, Tony's going to answer those for us on his phone. Welcome, Tony. Look, it's not on my paper, so...
as he's searching. See, if it was written on paper, this technology, but he's the guru of this for us. Thank you, Tony, for helping. All right, so we asked a few questions to, uh, to the families, uh, some of these new families. So how long have you been attending Maranatha? Three years for the Schweitzers. Um, and then I asked a question about just work. You know, do you stay at home or do you work out of the house? So Scott's the VP for sales at American Christian Tours. He sells and occasionally leads uh, some student tours, mainly in Washington, D.C., and then Shanna is a treatment foster care social worker and also homeschools their son, Oscar. And I asked, the uh, next question was, what are some of your favorite things to do for fun? So they love to take uh, their RV on the road, uh, on road trips around uh, the beautiful country here in the United States, spending time fishing, boating on lakes uh, in the summer and, and planting a huge garden. And then they curse the idea when the weeds come in. So some of you have experienced that as well. They also spend a lot of time uh, in some acreage that they have in Serona, planting food plots for Oscar's hunting endeavors. And mom and dad hope that they can hunt again someday too, they said. And then I asked a question, if money didn't matter and you could vacation anywhere in the world, where would you go? And they've always dreamed of renting one of those over-the-water bungalows in Bora Bora. So uh, we'll be taking up an extra collection offering today to get them there incentives for becoming new members, right? So now, uh, and then I asked if you have any favorite Bible verses or Bible stories that you've really uh, been meaningful to you. So Ecclesiastes 4.12 is one that they mentioned. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And then they commented that we, we wouldn't have the beautiful family we do without God's redemption. And once we learn to put him first, everything changed for the better. And then the sixth question was, um, in terms of areas of ministry, have you been connected or do you have any d- desire to get connected in some different ministry areas? And they both serve in youth ministry, in the kids' ministry through Awana. They fill in with Sunday school and sign-in duty, and Scott is active with the men's ministry as well. We just had our men's breakfast yesterday again. Um, what is uh, something unique, fun, funny, or important for people to know about you? This is the final question we'd ask. And they said that they are huge Dave Ramsey fans, and they've applied to do the debt-free scream on his radio show. So that's an interesting thing about them. So welcome. A little bit, if you, if you haven't gotten to know them, now you know them. You're like best friends. So go and talk to them, get to know it. That's part of our desire, is to see people really connect and get to know each other. Thanks. Thank you, Tony. As we have new members in our church, we want to do this more often, so you get to know them. Again, one of our goals is to connect you more, because sometimes you come here and you're like, I'm just, I don't know anyone, so we want to do that more. We are grateful that we are connected with the Evangelical Free Church of America, and we have our ties with them, obviously, and even within the Forest Lakes districts, we do. Last, after last Sunday, I even or it was Monday, I don't know what day it was, Tony would know, my brain's kind of a blur. I said, Tony, guess, could you help me find someone to preach this coming Sunday? I'm exhausted, and I didn't know Thursday and Friday was coming up, but God knew. So he contacted John Payne, who was here just like a couple months ago, as you know, he's our superintendent, he said, we will find someone for you. So we are blessed to have Pastor Mike come here from Black River Falls area, and so come on up, Mike, I'm going to pray for you, we are glad that you are here to to give us the word. So join me in a word of prayer. Thank you for coming. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for your timing. We pray that you just anoint the reading and preaching of your word. May it touch each of us because we all need you. 
whether this is our happiest day or our saddest day. Anoint your servant, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, good morning. It's good to be here with you guys. It's uh, good to see everyone. And, uh, you know, I, I, now I'm kind of, I'm not sure where to start. <laughs> you know, part of me, I just want to hurry up and jump right into the message. But uh, I want to give a little bit of background, just give a short introduction of myself, but also trying to be very uh, understanding and, and sensitive of what you guys as a church and what you guys as a community have, have been going through. Um, so my name is Mike McFadden. Uh, I also usually try and talk for a little bit so that you people can get uh, acclimated to the accent. Okay, as you can tell, I'm not from Wisconsin. Okay, uh, I am from the, the great nation of Texas. And uh, <laughs> we, are, we are slowly trying to infiltrate the rest of the country. Uh, so they brought me up here, and uh, no, I've, I've moved up to Wisconsin a few years ago. Uh, I, I, I've been enjoying a lot of it, except the ongoing winter, <laughs> longest winter of my life. But uh, uh, so I, I guess I, I guess now I've got to start off by saying, look, it, it is it never ceases to amaze me uh, how the Lord can work in different people's lives in different areas and bring people together at the right place at the right time with the right message and whatever else. Because uh, a lot of times when I go into preparing a message, if I'm going into a new church, I try, I'm like, okay, Lord, look, I, I don't know these people, they don't know me, but I, I know that you've given me the opportunity to bring the word, so what, what do you need? And folks, all I can tell you is, look, there, there's been no phone calls, there's been nothing to say, hey, here's what I'm preaching on, or oh, we, you know, would you, like, none of that goes on. But literally, with, with what Pastor was just up here mentioning, <laughs> like he practically stole my sermon title already. And folks, that's the Lord. Uh, that's the Lord knowing the message that needs to be at, at, at the right time. So, so I'm going to go ahead and now start off by saying, and I, I was talking with Pastor Tony earlier, you know, I, I try and be, uh, you know, care, careful about time and, and things like that. And I know you guys will have like uh, discipleship groups and Sunday schools after this, but but here's what I'm going to say now is, look, I, I'm, I'm going to pray for a little bit of grace and a little bit of latitude uh, uh, to, uh, like, if, if I need to get a little long-winded, bear with me because I see the importance of this message. And I don't want to cut it short, and I'm not going to try and rush through it. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not going to keep you here all day, I promise, okay? Uh, I'll get you out of here in time. Uh, but at the same time, I, I feel like, man, I've, got to slow, I've already got to slow down. And I've got to make sure that, that, uh, uh, that what the Lord has given me, uh, that I want to be faithful to give that out to, to you guys this morning. So, uh, so let me start with this verse here. Uh, I'll have a quick word of prayer, and then I'll give you a little bit of, just a little bit of my background. Um, so folks right here, uh, also I always like to make this caveat. So now you've gotten the accent, right? You're getting used to it. I'm from Texas. In, in Texas, you're either you know, an old Baptist or, or you're not saved at all, <laughs> right? So, uh, so I, I do read from the King James. It's what I, it's what I grew up with. Uh, so if it reads a little different than what you have, just bear with me. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of old school in that regard. I, I like the old paths. So, uh, uh, but that's also why I put a lot of these verses up for you. So we're going to start with this. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. The Bible says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime 
were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Let me pray. Father God, once again, uh, it's an absolute blessing, it's an honor, and it's a privilege to, to be here uh, in your house today, Lord God, uh, with your people. Lord God, I, I understand uh, that this community, this church, this area has just been through a lot lately. And Lord God, all I can ask is that you will help me be a, a help, a, a hope, a, a comfort to these folks because of your word. Not because of anything I have to say, not because of anything I have to offer, uh, but because of the scriptures what you've given us through your word. So Lord, help me to be a faithful mouthpiece this morning. Help me to say what you need me to say. Help me to uh, maybe bind my tongue from things I want to say. Uh, but Lord God, I, I pray that everyone in here today will, will be encouraged and, and will just yearn that much more for seeking you and for seeking your word uh, for hope and patience and comfort. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Um, so I, I, I don't have time uh, to, to give you guys my full biography. Um, I will just say I, I did move over to River Falls, not Black River. So I live over in River Falls now. I moved up here about three years ago. Uh, so I was in the military. I was in the Army for about 15 years, served in combat in Iraq. Uh, I was a police officer in Texas for a few years. So again, uh, definitely very aware of, of what your community has been going through. Uh, I, I lost an officer uh, in, in the line of duty, lost people in Iraq, and uh, in fact, recently, uh, so I live in, I technically live in St. Croix County, but Pierce County is literally on the other side of the road. Uh, I had even gone to my local county sheriff's office and, and tried to, like, I know I'm old now, I was like, but hey, if, if you got a place for me, I, I'm here to serve. Um, so I, I just, I feel like, man, with the way our world is going, you know, we can sit here and complain about all the stuff that we see in the news or we can do something about it. Um, so, you know, a life of service uh, is, is just been part of who I am. Um, after the military, after law enforcement, I uh, went back to school and, and uh, I got into the world of, of strength conditioning and performance coaching and then started coaching at this little place called the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. So I coached there for a few years. Uh, and then it just got to a point that I knew the Lord was calling me into full-time ministry. And uh, so I left all of that, and, and somehow he brought me to Wisconsin. I'm still working on that one. But, uh, you know, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll go. <laughs> uh, but it, it's been good. So, like I said, that's the quick snapshot. So let me, let me get into this. You know, folks, there, there's no doubt right? There's no doubt that, that the hardships, the trials, the tribulations, uh, the discouragements in this life, it, but even, you know, even in the Christian life, right? I mean, the Christian, the person who knows Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, right? I, I mean, we're aware that these things still come, like all you got to do is turn the pages of your Bible and read about the Apostle Paul, and read his autobiography of everything that he went through. I mean, how many of, of Jesus' own disciples literally lost their heads, right? So I, I don't believe for one second, even though I, I do believe that 
that it gets taught out there, I believe it gets preached out there, that, oh, hey, just once you trust in Christ as your Savior, you know, it's just all sunshine and rainbows and everything's great. <laughs> that ain't what I read. But I think that as a true believer of Jesus Christ, you know that. So therefore, it's not that you live in this world of denial that trials and tribulations won't come. You just, you've also chose to believe that they're there for a reason. They're there to help strengthen us and to lead us and guide us, but more so, they are there to give God glory. That's what they're there for. The problem is, we still have to struggle in our flesh and within, within the six inches of our ear to ear that, that we struggle with that and we, and we have to choose to find the reason for the struggle and we have to choose to let God get the glory through those things. And, and, and so, you know, we can't even begin to, to count much less read all of the, the Christian books and the authors and the things that are out there that, that are there to help you find meaning and purpose and why are you going through this struggle and why are you, do, you know, what's going on. Um, but folks, I think, I think so many times that we forget <laughs> that, that we've been given the greatest comfort of all time. The greatest comfort that we could ever have is right here at our disposal. Now, I'm not saying that other books and other authors can't be a help, but, but I kind of equate it to the, to the telephone game, right? I mean, you've all played the telephone game. It starts on this end of the room, and by the time it gets over here, it's not anywhere near <laughs> what it started off as. And so then you go back and you talk to the very first person to say, hey, what, what did the message start off as? It was this. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, how did we get from there to there? And, folks, that's what you have here you can go straight to the source. You don't have to play the telephone game with God. You can get it straight from his word. Now, I, I hope, right? So then that, that's where I've got to humble myself and, and hope that I'm not adding to a link in the telephone game. I'm just going to try and give it to you as straight as I can from the word today. Okay? So what I want to do is, uh, is be a help, uh, just hopefully point us back to the word to realize where we can get some of this hope. And uh, so, look, folks, there's just a few other verses. We're not going to go through all of them, but, but just to remind us, right? Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Are you, are you picking up on the theme here? <laughs> Folks, the hope is found right here in these pages of the Bible. God's word that he left for us. And I love this verse, Colossians 1.5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So now, going along with what Pastor was saying earlier about, hey, have you ever had that time in your life where you just felt wore out, you felt tired, you felt whatever? Well, folks, what I'm going to say is, look, when you get to that point that when you feel like all you got is just a little bit left 
Like you are so wore out, you are so tired, you are so beat down, it's bad news after bad news after bad news, and you're like, man, like seriously, Lord, this, like, this is all I got left. Well, when you feel like this is all you have left, guess what? You need to pour it out. Don't hold on to what you think you got left. Pour it out. Whatever you got left in the tank, pour it out. And we're going to see that. We're going to see that in our text today. We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 4. And while this person isn't even the, the topic uh, of, of the message today, I also want to remind you of, of this other person that we get such a great picture of in the Bible who took everything they had left, and, and that's that old widow woman in Mark chapter 12, right? She's going up and she's literally giving her, her last two cents, her last two mites, to where even Christ himself had to stop, look to his disciples, and you say, y'all see that? Like all these rich people are coming and they're pouring into their abundance. But that lady right there, she just did more than all of them combined. And his very words were, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, all of her living. Folks, she took what she had left and she poured it out. So now if we actually turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to read a few verses here. 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant my husband is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in the, in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full." So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. So folks, we're going to go through some points here. I'm, I'm hopefully going to walk through this step by step and, and see exactly the need, the whys, and the hows. That no matter when you think all you've got is a little bit left to pour it out, because here's the truth. When, when you're at that point of thinking that all you have is a little bit left, there is a little bit left, right? I mean, you're, you're never completely empty. Maybe even in this morning, someone in here, maybe a lot of someone's in here, I don't know, uh, you're, you're, you think that you're at that point of, I've got nothing left, and it's like, yeah, but you're here. <laughs> so you had enough left to get up this morning, you had enough left to get dressed, and you had enough left to say, you know what, if there's one place I need to be in this morning, I need to be in church. Amen? So folks, you do have a little bit left. So now let's see how we use that. So one of the first things that you got to do when we look at this verse 1, okay? So we've, we've got this certain woman. So, folks, this one isn't even a point. This is an added bonus, right? I want to make sure you're getting your money's worth this morning. So, look, added bonus. You know the first thing that you got to do is you got to be willing to throw away your pride. 
This woman doesn't even have a name as far as the Bible's concerned. But what do sometimes we get wrapped up in? <laughs> we we want to be recognized. We, we want our efforts to be shown. We, we want our name on the side of the stadium. We want our donation. We, we want the funds. Oh, hey, this is in honor of so-and-so. She's just a certain woman. She ain't even got a name. So first thing we got to do is let go of our pride and, be realize, and realize that we're just a vessel. But folks, one of the first things we got to do is you need to be willing to present yourself to the Lord. So notice that's what this woman did. She cried out. And she's announcing who she is, right? She, she's a, a wife of, of a son of a prophet unto Elisha. And we know that this prophet was a servant of Elisha. So first she's like, look, I'm, I'm here. This is who I am, Lord. And we know in the Old Testament that's what they did. And especially when you got someone like Elisha running around, you're going you're gonna to go look for Elisha. But today we have the ability to go straight to God. And so, folks, that's the first thing you got to do. You got to be willing to present yourself to God in whatever state you're in. And say, here I am, God. All I got's a little bit left, but here I am. The second thing that you've got to do is, is you've got to plead your case, right? Because that's what she's doing here. Notice what she says, right? Uh, thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Okay, so she's, so she's saying, look, I'm, I'm, not just in, I'm, I'm not just this horrible, miserable person. You know, Lord, I still want to serve you, and even though I've only got a little bit left, I, I'm still here. I still want to do something. But here's the situation that I'm in. And now, that's where it gets to the point. Folks, be willing to admit the predicament that you're in. Like, like what is it, uh, you know, I, I think it's getting better now. I think we're getting more aware of, like, the needs of, of like, mental health and understanding. And I think that that's great. But, man, I know when I was growing up, I mean, I was literally taught things like, hey, you don't, you don't, you don't say anything about this. Like, we were taught that. How many of you remember being, like, hey, oh, you know, what happens here? You don't talk about this. And you just, you know, suck it up and drive on, all that good stuff, right? But, folks, that's not what she's doing. She is willing to admit to God of exactly what her problem is. Hey, my husband is dead. We have, we have no more living anymore. And now the creditors are going to come and take my sons away and make them slaves. So for those of you that are parents out there, I want you to think about this situation. How many times, especially when your kids, you know, just like little, little ankle biters and knee nibblers and knee high to a jackrabbit, right? That's the Texas thing coming out, okay? Um, right, I mean, have you ever had when your kids, they're sitting there and they're crying and they're hollering and they're fussing and you don't know what's wrong and, and what do you say to them? Like, look, I can't help you if you don't tell me what's wrong. I can't help you if you don't tell me what you need. You've said that to your kids. Guess what? God's saying it to you. I can't help you if you don't tell me what's wrong. Well, Lord, I need help. Okay, get that. How? Be willing to be open and honest and vulnerable about the predicament that you're in. Okay, next one, verse 2. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the, in, in the house? So, folks, the first thing, uh, well, this is the second thing. You'll, just, you'll, you'll go along. 
understand that I think a lot of times we have way more opportunities in front of us than what we realize. That even when all you've got left is a little bit, you actually have more, like if, you, if, you, if we can truly stop and pray and think about the situation, there are a lot of opportunities because again, the first opportunity that we have is being able to access the very creator of everything. That is a huge opportunity. You're not in such a state of despair that you can't reach out to your God and creator and ask for help. That is an opportunity. And as Elisha said, what shall I do for thee? Look, it's a blank check policy. What is it that you need? What do you need help with? Be specific. I, I would love to go into more of my personal testimony uh, and how I shared like the most specific prayer that I could have possibly come to like, Lord, okay, this is what I'm struggling with. You know, I think this is what you're calling me to, but I need you to answer this prayer in this very, very specific manner. And I mean, and he, he couldn't have been more specific. Like one of those things like just like knocks your socks off specific as far as how he answered that prayer. So folks, be specific. Understand that you have those opportunities. The next one is now understand that you have options. So when Elisha comes to her and says, okay, hey, what do you have in the house? And unfortunately, what was her first response? I got nothing. I got nothing. Oh, well, actually, wait a minute. I do, I do have something. Have you been there? I mean, be honest with yourself. What do you got left? Nothing. I got nothing left. I got nothing left to give. I got, I got no money left in the bank account. I, I got no ounce of pity for it. Come on. You have options. You might have to go pick up the couch and dust up underneath it and see if there's a quarter under there. I don't know. But you, you have options. It just means that maybe you're going to have to get a little more spiritual and look for them. Now, I personally then don't think it's coincidence that the thing that she finally remembers that she has is oil. Folks, oil in the Bible is such a perfect picture. It's a type of what? The Holy Spirit. So you think it's just coincidence that God may had this story in the Bible that the one thing that she realized she had left was oil? A picture of the Holy Spirit? So if you're saved in here today, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and when you feel like you got nothing left, guess what you got left? You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. And what you can do with that is truly immeasurable. Moving on, verse number three and four. Then he said, go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. I remember hearing this first growing up, being under a good pastor. You know what all means? All means all. That's all all means. It's all. All. All means all. That's all that's all, all means. That's all all means, y'all. <laughs> so 
He's giving her some very, very specific instructions here. And when, verse 4, And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee, and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So folks, now, the next part in the process is you need to understand that when you seek the Lord, when you go to your pastor, when you call someone for help, when you reach out and they give you good godly counsel or you get something directly from the Word of God, like hopefully what I'm giving you here today, understand the instructions that are being given to you. Don't sit there looking like an old cow staring at a new fence. I don't understand. Is that designed to keep me out or keep me in? Understand the instructions that you're being given. And, and you farmers know that's why we had to come up with hot fences, right? So that they could go like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, folks, understand the instructions that you're being given. Understand the Word of God. Understand that the Lord has given you pastors and teachers and preachers and evangelists that can expound the Word of God to help you understand in those times of need. Then we need to be unashamed. Now, this kind of goes back to that other point, right? Because a lot of us, we were taught that back in the old days, right? Hey, you don't share your problems. You don't air out your dirty laundry. You don't talk about this, and you don't talk about that. Now, look, there's still a time and a place. Uh, you know, no, you don't come up here and, and just bleh, out all your sins and whatever. But there's a time and a place that, folks, if, if you're struggling with some things and you know the only way to get victory in that thing, and whether that's sin or whether it's a problem financially, family, whatever, that there are times that you are going to have to be unashamed and go to the people for help. Because what did the Bible tell her? What did Elisha tell her? He said, go to all thy neighbors. Look, that's not easy, is it? That's not easy to have to go to a neighbor and knock on the door and say, look... And I am really struggling. I'm really in a financial bind. Like, man, the bills are piling up and dad's in the hospital and whatever else. Folks, that's not easy. But in this situation, the Lord absolutely required for her to be willing to humble herself and go to her neighbors and ask for help. I think I read somewhere in the Bible, it's like you, you have not because you ask not. I think I read that somewhere, right? But yet, how many of you maybe even in here today are struggling with something because you can't even ask? You need to be unashamed. And then the second part of that is you need to be unrestricted. Notice what Elisha told her. He said, hey, go and borrow a couple. Well, that's not what he said. And number one, he said, go to all your neighbors unrestricted. And he said, go and borrow not a few. Now, I'm probably already starting to get long-winded. I would love to go off on another rabbit trail uh, on what not a few means. It means more than two. <laughs> and I think that Elisha also very, I think he specifically used that phrase for a reason. He could have said, go and borrow a lot. I think he said, go and borrow not a few for a reason because I think that's part of the faith test. So I want you to imagine the Lord is sitting here and basically giving you this blank check policy, and if all you do is say, yeah, but I just, I just really need enough to get by. 
Well, what's going to happen when that runs out? Then you just need to get by again, and then that runs out. Do you see where I'm going with this? In other words, her response in what she deemed as understanding is not a few, her response was going to have a direct correlation to what the Lord poured out. So what you ask for is, is what you're going to be limited to. So folks, when we start thinking about that, when we think about what we're asking for and that we don't want to be you know, unrestricted and, and all of these things, folks, we need to realize that we have a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. So now take that definition of all that I just gave you. All means all, y'all. Now go exceeding abundantly above that. And that is what your God is capable of. That is what your God is capable of supplying you when all you think is you got a little bit left. Because he's able to do that through, as the Bible says, through Christ Jesus. You know, I wonder how many times I've done that in my own life. I wonder how many times I, I have restricted myself or because I didn't ask for enough, I just asked for enough to get by. We, we got to get to this place of realizing, realizing the God that we serve, realizing where our help comes from, realizing that he truly is able to do all these things that he's promised, even in our state of feeling like we only have a little bit left. So notice what it says there. So she went up from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full. So look, they filled up. They filled up what was brought. So we need to realize, we need to understand what to do, and sometimes we also got to understand what not to do. Folks, there are things in this Christian life where we need to use some discernment and we need to understand what not to do. And one of those things that you cannot do is don't refute the Word of God. Don't refute the instruction that you've been given. Because think about it, right? Elisha, the man of God, or God comes down through His Word, tells you to do something, and you're like, yeah, I can't do that. Like, you have any idea what you're asking me to do right now? You want me to do what? You want me to do what? You want me, Lord, to, like, I am literally on the verge of 20 years of government service and having my retirement, and you want me to do what? You want me to quit my job and go into full-time ministry not knowing what that means, how that means, where that means? Yep, that's what I want you to do. Okay. I didn't refute it. I didn't understand it necessarily, but I didn't refute it. And so, folks, when the Bible comes down or the pastor comes down or someone comes down and speaks truth into your life, don't refute it. The other one, I actually had to look this word up. I like this word. Don't remonstrate. Remonstrate, think of kind of like demonstrate, 
right? It's kind of opposite. Remonstrate basically means that you are being forceful uh, in your protest. Like, not only, hey, I can't do that, I'm not going to do it. And you can't make me. You want me to do what? You want me to go around all my neighbors and get all these pots? And like, you are out of your ever-loving mind, Elisha. That's remonstrate. Like, like, you're not just denying it, but now you're going to start throwing out all the excuses as to why you can't do it. Folks, if you ever get in that place, you think you're already just a little bit left, and the Word of God comes down and smacks you upside the face and tells you to do this, and all of a sudden you, oh, I can't do it because of this, and I can't do it because of that. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, good luck. <laughs> That's just where I have to say, I don't know how to be nice anymore. Just uh, good luck. Let me know how that works out for you. Don't do it. But folks, then, as we look in verse 6, right, and it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said unto her son, hey, bring me yet another vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. It was there. So folks, we need to understand that when we can do these things, the Lord can absolutely, make sure I'm getting there, the Lord can absolutely meet and surpass our expectations. Whatever expectations you think you have, the Lord will go exceedingly, exceedingly abundantly above. So understand, if you're willing to follow out the letter of the law as it's been given to you, then also know that God will meet the expectation. He will meet the need. But folks, what I also find interesting in this, and now we're going to kind of shift a little bit and start to say, okay, so how? How do we start applying this? Because I don't need oil, and I don't need to go out and borrow a bunch of empty vessels from my neighbors to fill up oil. Maybe maple syrup this time of year. I don't know. Um, But that's not what we're talking about. So now what we need to understand is, okay, what's the spiritual application? How do I put this to work in my life today? And folks, that's because there are a lot of empty vessels around us. So remember, what did we say? That oil is a picture of what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of you if, and we'll get to the if in a a minute, but if you are saved, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have that Holy Spirit, you have that oil, and now we are being given a perfect picture of now what are you doing with that oil? What are you doing with all that you have left? You're pouring that out into the people that don't. I would be willing to bet that everybody in here, or most everybody in here, probably knows at least one person in your sphere of influence that is not saved that doesn't know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior I do so then what are we really being given a picture of that when you think you just got a little bit left you take what you have which is the gift of the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you go give that to somebody else and then you go and give it to somebody else and you go and give it to somebody else Because what we have, folks, is when we look at verse 7, then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil. That's about as plain as it gets. Sell the oil. Give it out. And pay 
thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. Folks, we had a debt that needed to be paid. We had a sin debt that sat on us like a heavy load, right? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, for the wages of sin is death. We had a sin debt weighing on us, and we understand that we were given access to the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, that paid that sin debt. He died, he was buried, he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and he paid that debt. And that debt was paid in full. Just like those vessels were completely filled up. All she had was a little bit left. All she had was a little bit of oil. But that oil still has the ability to go to somebody else's vessel and pay that debt in full. And yet somehow, even though all she had was a little bit left, now this is when, look, obviously I am not, uh, uh, I, I'm not pointing a finger at the Lord and saying that he stopped this story short. <laughs> But the story does stop short because we don't know exactly how many vessels she filled and we don't know that she actually did what Elisha said and, and went and sold the vessels. We're told that she was told to. We don't know that she did. I'm going to err on the side of caution and I'm going to say that she did. Right? I think there's also a couple of unsung heroes in this story and I think it's the two sons. I would actually like to do a whole other message just on those two sons. Because folks, think about this, and I, and I want to try and maybe give a word to, of encouragement to you moms out there. Folks, why do you think that those two sons were completely willing to go out to all the neighbors and get the vessels and do what mama said? Because mama was showing a pretty good level of faith. Mama was making a good impression on those boys that even though all she had was a little bit left. So moms, if you're in that place of thinking you only got a little bit left, your faith response can still have a tremendous impact on your children. And then therefore her children were willing to, to do what they said. So anyway, that's another message. So folks, I think that this story, I don't think it's a coincidence. Like I, I love numbers in the Bible. I don't think it's coincidence that this portion of Scripture is seven verses, God's perfect number. I don't think it's coincidence that all of a sudden you get down to that verse 7 and what you have is a perfect picture in the Old Testament of the gospel. The need of pouring out the message of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world that they need to get saved. I don't think any of that's coincidence. That's God. That's his word. That's the patience and the comfort and the hope that we're given through his word. These are the examples that we're given. I believe that this was a real life miracle. I believe that this really happened. I hope you do too. But I also believe that it is a perfect picture of what we still have the ability to do when you think you've got nothing left. If you have the Spirit of God inside of you, folks, you have the potential, the opportunity, and the ability to produce more fruit than people out there that have millions of dollars in the bank and not a care in the world. Because you have something to offer that they don't. You have Jesus Christ. 
And I'll close with this. Isaiah chapter 53, 12. Therefore will I divide him. Uh, 53, 12, is this? Okay. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil. We're talking about Jesus Christ, all right? This is prophecy. Isaiah is prophesying of the coming Christ. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Now, folks, if you were taking notes at all, or if you were paying attention, or I told you guys I was in the army. In the army, like sometimes we're not too bright, we get hit in the head a lot, and we don't remember things. So they, the army just pounded us full of acronyms. And if you'll notice, what I did was I gave you an acronym: P O U R E D. The predicament, the options, the opportunities, the understanding, the realization, the expectations, the empty vessels, and the debt. Poured, poured it out. She poured out the oil. So folks, my encouragement to you today is if you're in that place of thinking all you've got is a little bit left, pour it out. Let's pray. Father God, we uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you once again, uh, Lord, for just being so good to us. Lord God, that in those times of feeling like we've got nothing left, Lord, I think about Elisha sitting under that juniper tree and he cried out, kind of throwing his little pity party, thinking that he had nothing left, that he was all by himself, and you came down and you reminded him that there were still 7,000 others out there. And Lord God, I wonder how many times we get in that position that we think we're by ourselves, we don't think we have any. And just like what, what Pastor said earlier, you're, we're not alone, and yet we're the ones that put ourselves in these positions of isolation. But Lord God, you are there to help, and you are there to give us exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. Lord God, I would just also pray that if there is one person in here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, I, I pray that I've also been clear with the gospel and, and understanding that, that that picture of that oil is what we've been giving of understanding that we need to apply that oil to ourselves, that we need to understand the reason for Jesus Christ coming into this world and paying our sin debt. Lord God, I pray that if there's anyone in here today that may be struggling with that, Lord, I pray that you would help them get that settled today. Maybe they would go up to Pastor Tony or Pastor Cargus or myself or somebody else and get that thing straight, Lord God, because that is the greatest source of healing that we could ever ask for. Lord, we love you. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Spring cleanup coming around where you can get your rake out and help clean up around the church. There's a sign-up table out there. What a timely message. Let me read from 1 Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade this inheritance is kept for you in heaven. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. We have our fellowship time, coffee and donuts over there. Then our discipleship groups afterwards. God bless you. Thanks for being with us.